It's May 11th, 1997. Great Big C is up and they can't get down. America is gearing up for the release of the sequel to Jurassic Park. And in the WWF, hell is freezing over. This is the Federation Podcast. I'm Tyler Fudge. And I'm Travis Fudge. You can follow us on Twitter at the Federation, or you can follow Travis on Twitter at FudgingUp333. And uh, this is episode number 179, WWF in your house, number 15, A Cold Day in Hell. I kind of skipped over that part because I got lost in the shuffle and couldn't find my notes. You're just going to go right into the show without talking about our uh, Patreon subscribers? Fucking right. (laughs) No, no. You can follow us on Facebook, the Federation Podcast. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram, same thing as well, the Federation Podcast. T-shirts at whatamaneuver.net. You become a member of the Fudge family by joining our Patreon or PayPal, federationpodcast at gmail.com. And please tell me that... uh Wooly Fudge is doing a great big C cover for oh, this episode. Oh, you're you're one hundred percent correct. Eyes the buy the builds up, that he boat. can't get down as well. Yeah. When he is up, he can't get down. I only and you know can catch two great big C songs, I guess. Well, I mean, you don't really need no more than two, really. Honestly. You know? Whatever. I don't feel like a proper Newfoundlander though. <laughs> I know more Roger Rousel songs. <laughs> <laughs> this is a deep cut. Uh, you can uh, listen to this cover in full at soundcloud.com slash Woolridge Audio. That's going to be my new plug for him. You can listen to the song full, fourful, forkful. Also, um, he did a mixer yes. side by side for the yes. Federation on Shuffle last week. And the WWE shut him down. Yeah, they did, but uh, he does have a link to a Google Drive link if you wanted to check it out. I mean, it's pretty much as OSW as we're ever going to get, where you can actually kind of see what's happening yeah. as we're, we talk about it. Mitch yeah. did a pretty fucking damn good job about he did, that. He so. did. He did. So, so props to him for, for fighting that good fight. Uh, but we might as well start fighting this good fight, too. And going into the news... Back in 1997, because motherfucker, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling had meetings this past week with both the WWF and ECW about putting together a major joint show in November. Now, were they talking to the WWF and ECW separately to try and do a cross show with strictly the WWF or strictly ECW? Or were they trying to get all three in? Well, uh, let's see here. I'll go through everybody in attendance in the WWF meeting, and you'll find out exactly what's going on. Uh, Onita, Kanamura, Terry Funk, and Victor Quinones, who were representing FMW. Uh, It was a three-hour meeting at Titan Towers with Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Bruce Pritchard. So, no. There, <laughs> it's a hey. If WWF will do it, will ECW do it? Terry Funk being the ECW champion at this point. Actually, you know, maybe Terry Funk is there for ECW, but he was an FMW as well. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to really. That's a gray scale. You think like Paul I, Heyman would be involved or something? Theoretically, if they were to accept, if WWF were to accept this, then I'm sure they'd get Sabu and. RVD or something like that, just a couple of ECW talent to kind of fluff it up, because we will see that 
in a month, we'll see ECW talent on Raw's War once yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll start seeing it in the next episode of the Federation, actually, with uh, Russell Plews and I-7. Oh, yeah. Don't get me so, started. It, it, there, there's a good, there's a nice little chunk there that's focused on WWF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they definitely continue that thing even after Barely Legal. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. That That's for another time, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, there's reported to be a show in Japan, or they're talking about doing a show in Japan in November, and the possibility of WWF promoting a, uh explosive bomb match at Madison Square Garden as uh, Anito and Anoki would take on each other in a WWF show. No one's taking that bump other than Onita, Terry oh, yeah. Funk, or maybe Mick Foley. Yeah. <laughs> so you imagine how Mick Foley's career would have went if him and Taker had an exploding death match instead of a Hell in a Cell match at King of the Ring? If they tried to do this a year later, WWF would probably jump at it. In 1997, though, no. Ah, uh, Hell in a Cell was risky at that point. Man. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, in a year's time, where they're doing inferno matches. Kennel, yeah. kennel from hell. Oh man! Oh, they'd, they'd be all over it. it up. He'd be like, "It's like the beginning of Raw." I mean, they would go so far as doing a Punjabi prison match. So, I mean, oh, I, I know it would take like ten years to get there, but <laughs> it would, it would. But and yeah. the guy that the gimmick was designed for would never be in the match. Hmm. Yeah, might have been once, but yeah, you know them elevated liver enzymes. Travis, speaking of elevated liver enzymes, Sid had an MRI. Okay. and uh, I don't think that's how they determine liver enzymes. No, no, no. I'm saying he probably has elevated liver enzymes. I'm sure he does. Sid yeah. probably does. Uh, but the MRI revealed a uh, lower lumbar strain in his back. That's why he's missed the last two shows. Yes, but Sorry. he has been claiming that he has a herniated disc. So just a, it's just a strain. It's just a strain, not, not a not a sprain, a no. strained. Yes. Um. Even in Brett's book, he says that his Sid match was canceled because he was injured. Yeah. No. No. No softball digs whatsoever. <laughs> my, my hopes and dreams of him leaving in '97 for softball are dwindling out right now. You know what? There's always time, man. There's always winter ball. Uh. Once again. I don't know how many times this piece of news has come out and it never materializes because I feel like I've read this a million times on the show. Yokozuna was contacted about coming back, uh, but uh, he's injured and on blood thinning medication. So they figure he won't because, <laughs> you know, if he cut himself, he could bleed to death. <laughs> so, you know. You know, you know your life is on a downward spiral when you're on blood thinner, so you don't have a heart attack. I'd really like to see Yokozuna versus Ken Shamrock, though. <laughs> what? Okay, I gotta ask now. What about that match enthralls you so much? I I just want to see a tree falling in the woods, <laughs> just... and Ken Shamrock being responsible for that tree falling. <laughs> Fair enough. Or, or maybe, like, Ken Shamrock gets the forklift out and breaks Yoko's leg, just like Vader did last year. And then applies the ankle lock. Yeah. From the fucking forks. Just has Yokozuna. Maybe he'll work a case of gout out of his foot while he does the <laughs> ankle. 
You know that mother- motherfucker eats a lot of rich food. He got gout like a motherfucker. Doesn't even wear shoes to the ring. You know that cocksucker's got gout. All the gout. Dude was probably eating a shrimp cocktail to himself before matches. I, I, I'm I sure I had read or, or heard somebody talk about it before. He would just get a bucket of chicken. Yeah, yeah, no. In Brett's book, he said before the match, he would chow down on anything you can find: hot dogs, chocolate bars, yeah. bags of chips, KFC. Yeah. Y- you you name it. It would just be like, um, what do you call it? Um, like gorging. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good stuff. That's that's all. That's what you want to do before you go out and physically exert yourself, eh? Oh God, just thinking about how that would make me feel. Oh, it's, it's so just, bloated and heavy. You get sick after that, and then yeah. like, yeah, yeah, no not a good time, bloated, not a good time at all. Uh, Leaf Cassidy, aka Al Snow, gave us notice, but it was more of an attempt to get WWF to do something with him than for him to be quitting, because his contract was up at the end of July. See, and they talked about him doing a gimmick as the world's greatest Mexican wrestler. In an age right now where Lucha Wrestling is invading the U.S. at this point in time, starting in 1994, and it's starting to hit its, its immediate stride right now with wrestlers like Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrera, Psychosis, La Parca, Super Crazy, all these motherfuckers in WCW, you have a relationship with CMLL and your decision. They have a relationship with AAA. Triple A. Okay, fine. That's still it's still you, yeah. You have a relationship with Triple A and your idea for the world's greatest Mexican wrestlers, Al fucking Snow. Like did PJ His name Polacco, is White. It's literally white. His name is yeah. White Snow. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally. If his name had a color, it's it's white, like you said. It is all the colors wrapped in one. Now they just did this, Aulo Montoya. And it bombed. Completely. Tyler, they made Al Snow a Japanese man with Shinobi. When? When Al Snow was wearing a mask? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, then he was Shinobi. Avatar besides for that, so God knows what Avatar was. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Okay, fair enough. You got me there. I'm just saying, like... If you think that the guy can can play a great Mexican wrestler, like you're asking a lot. If you want, if you think he's a Japanese martial artist, if you think that he's what's an avatar? He's a picture. Uh, avatar, a picture? yeah. It's like it's it's your avatar on a forum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they're asking a lot for a guy that is just a good hand. They're they they they've they've thrown him some. Uh, some curveballs, that's for sure. Never, never are they throwing him a fastball. Al Snow aside, and and the obvious oversight to choose Al Snow as the world's greatest Mexican wrestler, uh, I just want to add one other thing, okay? So, Al Snow was supposed to wear, he was supposed to be a spoof of Mexican wrestlers, which makes it even worse, but whatever. But keeping on the train of Mexican personalities. I've saved the Feast of Resistance for this. Okay. Spanish announcer. Hugo Savinovich, 38 at this point in time, was fired from the WWF. He's got a drug problem, doesn't he? After being arrested in his apartment in Stanford, Connecticut, 
on charges of possession of narcotics, yeah, child neglect, and possession of drug paraphernalia. I knew about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew about Hugo being a fucking. He's in the crack or coke or something like that. <laughs> Stanford police arrested Savinovich and two companions when they investigated his apartment and found malnourished five and six year old children. And an apartment lined with cockroaches and crack cocaine vials. How much do you think that they're paying them? Oh, you know what? They probably uh, dirt. They probably probably uh, paying them in crack. Oh, him and bulldog get paid in crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell! Imagine. You know, bulldog was shooting up liquid morphine at this point. Like that—that that was his drug of choice. He'd just shoot liquid morphine like, in at this point in time. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, because Brett talks about in his book that him and Pillman right now are like Pillman's chasing painkillers down with hard liquor and Bulldog is shooting liquid morphine. So both of them are just fucking gooned yeah. all the time. Yeah. And to think about it, Bulldog is fucking great to watch at oh, this yeah. point, you know? But you know what? Maybe that's why Bulldog's doing mainly comedy stuff right now because he's just too gooned to do anything else, really. Yeah. And, and Pillman, well. Pillman's just started, and we all know where this goes. So <laughs> We all know where this yeah. goes. Uh, they would, though, probably end up paying a little bit more money. Not a whole lot, but they would get uh, Tito Santana to replace Hugo Savinovich on this pay-per-view. So. I'm pretty sure he stays there for a while, but I, uh, Hugo comes back pretty quickly. Oh, oh. Clean that crack out of his system and got those kids all reared up He's real back fast. by 99 at least. He might be gone for the majority of 97, 98, but he, he's definitely back by 99. That's fair. That's fair. But Travis, that's all the news I have. We might as well get into the show. Travis, tell the fans out there how many pages of the month of May are in the books, like Brett's book and Pillman's book. Okay. Uh, so I was tell- I'll, I'll just briefly touch upon this. I am only reading Brett's book and Pillman's book on a chapter basis just for the podcast. So I read one chapter today and it covered him realizing he has a bad knee Mm -hmm. to getting knee surgery to the Raws leading up to it, skipping over cold day in hell (laughs) and then going right into the Sean fight that happens two weeks after cold day in hell. So 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 the Raws leading up to cold day in hell, four pages. So basically, what I'm trying to allude to is like this is a period of time that people have forgotten, really. Nobody talks about a cold day in hell. And there's a reason why, really. There's nothing on this show that's actually memorable. Except for the the in-ring debut of Ken Shamrock. Yeah, but if you go through Ken Shamrock's history or if you want to actually, like, cliff note it, you're never going to talk about this. No. It'll go from... Um, Ken starting at WrestleMania, probably to SummerSlam when he starts to snap. Mm. Yeah, no, nobody wants to talk about it at the time. Vader fucking bitch slapped him, eh? <laughs> God damn. More on that later. Yeah, we'll get on that later. But no, this is WF in your house 15, a cold day in hell. It is May 11th, 1997. And the location is a Richmond, Virginia at the Richmond Coliseum. In attendance, there is 9,381. 
That is being 7,681 paid and a gate of $116,547. Now, Travis, would you believe if I told you that this is the largest pro wrestling gate, uh, not the largest crowd, but the largest gate ever at $55,000 and, uh, yeah, or ever. at, at 116000 and $55,000 in merchandise sales. In history? In, in history of, of Richmond. Point. Okay, okay. Yeah. In yeah. Not in not in the WWF. Makes no. sense. I guess that was the uh, let me finish situation right there. Um, what's the buy rate, Tyler? Well, Travis, let me see here. The buy rate itself is it's not a it's not a great one. Okay, so I just want to preface this by saying it's not a great one. Uh, it is. 0.57. Okay. So now with it being 0.57, what do you think it actually is? 121,000 buys. Well, Travis, you went by a little too fast because I'm still waiting for it to fucking load, but it's 143,000. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. The reason why I've been stalling this whole time is because I forgot to put the actual buy rate in there. The actual buys, so I had to find it on the internet. Yeah. And so I stalled, and it kind of worked out. Not too bad. So, yeah, seven thousand or uh, one hundred and forty-three thousand. So you're not bad. You're, not, you're getting back on that winning train. Though you're pretty spot on the last time, but you're back on that winning train. There, you're staying in there. No, no horrible ones. I think back a little while ago, WCW threw you for a loop. Oh yeah, because of how well Starcade did, and then you went into like the rest of them, just like oh no, right? <laughs> and then they had the one ba- pay per view after Starcade that did kind of well too. Uh, it was uh, uncensored. Yeah, and then. Uh, Sold out was abysmal. Absolutely fucking abysmal. Of course it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, thinking about it, too, Uncensored throughout history has been an abysmal show. Oh, that Triple Cage. That's a big allure right there. <laughs> it's Uncensored. They, they don't promise anything. They promise but you. But then they get into the show, and it's like, there's not a damn thing Uncensored no. about this no, show. No, this is the same WCW show I've always seen. They're never getting me again no. next year. Uncensored comes out. Oh, oh they, it's got to be see, good this year. Going to see some titties. Right. Actually, at Uncensored this year, you kind of did see some titties. Because they showed Kimberly's Playboy from afar. Oh, yeah. It's so a kind of. That's about um, as much as saying that you see titties on Vengeance 2003 because Jamie Noble tilts his Tory Wilson Playboy magazine over a little too much. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, too. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. If you want to, you can go back into the archives. You can listen to that episode. Holy it's one fuck. Yeah, first, we do have one. It's one of the first episodes, actually, we did as a full-on wrestling podcast because before then, we were very confused and we were doing music. No, we did a lot. No, we still were doing it was the our music, first, though. It was our first arc, but we were doing every SmackDown. Well, no, I mean, but it was like one of our first pay-per-views as as a full-on wrestling. Full-on, yeah, yeah. sure. Because we were doing... I was about to say, because we, we did up until, like... What, what, oh, when no, did we, we start? Did, we started we started 2002. Yeah, we started Vengeance was, 2002. Yes, yes. Not 2003, yeah, 2002. No. Good yeah. eye, good eye. Yeah. Good eye. No, you're right there. You're 100% right there. Uh, there is a dark match before this show, and it is Rockabilly taking on the jammer, the jam man, Jesse Jams. Rockabilly. And this was 300. <laughs> this is three minutes and 36 seconds. You, you said rock, Rockabilly, and I immediately 
instead of saying three minutes, 36 seconds, I said 333. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I was like, all going in my mind was that, that flowing kind of black hair. Rock, Billy. Rock, 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 Billy. It also, it also took me the whole damn show to figure out her camera's on the opposite side of the ring. <laughs> it's a weird setup. The whole show it took me to figure that out. Main event. I was like, wait, this is different. I have a weird um, trivia fact. Oh, I love trivia, now, Travis. It, this is not fact. It's not fact, so it could be a lie? No, no, no. It's you got to have a keen ear for it. Um, at the beginning of the show... The weird ass theme song that is played for Cold Day in Hell, Tyler. Have you ever heard that before? Do you remember any familiarity with it? No. Because I found this really interesting that in May of 1997, they had a early demo of Taker's Ministry theme on file for this fucking company. Is that what that is? It's... It is the same beat as Taker's Ministry song without with less to it. It's got Jim Johnson's hands all over it, but it doesn't have any Undertaker to it. That's fair. It's like I'm what I'd imagine Paul Barrow would come out to right now. See, now now I wish I had that music to, to play it, but I don't. Yeah. Because I would love to actually hear it now and just, just kind of get a grasp on it. I actually might have a bit of it, honestly, so... Bear with me. I'm go- I'm just going to try this out here. This is this is the first on the show. This is the first time that we have ever attempted to just kind of throw in some audio from another place. Well, editing magic can always trim all this stuff up. It so. could, and then sometimes though I get lazy and I forget. So so I finally found it, and so let's just. I kind of gave it a listen before, so just give it a keen listen. Think about the the glaring difference in Taker's theme from now and then, and just see because you remember what's different in it. So, just just take a listen. There will be no remorse. It is going to be one hell of a fight. So yeah, you know it, it's it's there. I I get it. I get what you're saying. It is I. Like it's not the drums, no, that's not it. But it is like the guitar, the screeching guitar that's going on in the background. No, it's either that or it's a a prototype of Kane's theme. One yeah, or the two, yeah, one either or, two. or. Yeah, it's one of the two. So it's it's definitely holy one fuck. Of the two. Maybe it's more like Kane's. It theme. might be more like Kane's because theme. the drums are more like Kane's. Theme. Yeah, like yeah. Boom, 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 yeah, because Kane's theme is a little bit more lively. Yeah. Than, than Takers. But Kane's Takers also got an extra guitar track where the denner, 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 denner. So, so there's, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, so uh, now that we've established that, and we've got that all figured out in our brains, we might as well get into this first match here. Hunter Hearst Helmsley taking on the Flash, Flash Funk, baby. The match that I thought would be the best match of the night besides for Ken Shamrock and Vader. Um... Yeah, uh, you know what? Flash Funk getting his random one-on-one showcase that he hasn't gotten since, um, what was it? It's time with Leaf, Leaf Cassidy, you know, the greatest Mexican wrestler alive. Yeah, the greatest Mexican wrestler alive, Leaf Cassidy. Yeah, this was actually pretty good. It, you know? it, it really was, actually. You know, I'm not going to give it I got, I got nothing 
bad to really say about it. Uh, I really like the beginning with JR and talk. They're talking about Hunter's wealth. They then start talking about ter- uh, Flash Funk's kids. Um, <laughs> apparently, Triple H is good friends with JFK Jr. Oh. Did he mourn his death, I wonder, when mm. he died in a fiery plane crash in a couple of years? Maybe. Maybe he did, but I don't remember him doing so. I don't think so. Maybe it happened the same day Owen died. You know, maybe. Maybe he was busy doing DX things at that point. Ah, he was probably invading Turner. He had to fill up a super soaker. Something. Oh, yeah. Something. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he was invading Turner. Maybe, the f- maybe the shot that he fired took down the plane. And that's why they didn't make it into the building. Oh, that shot no. actually... was he on a Turner private jet? We might have oh, to start. Hunter, fuck. If this quarantine really goes down, we might have to start a new podcast and linking those two things together. So, <laughs> who knows? Did DX shoot down JFK Jr.'s play? The DX JFK conspiracy. Yeah, boy. It's coming. You know... If the zombies start taking over, it's coming, boys. Everyone has gotten their JFK theory, but I don't think anyone's ever linked Triple H to it before. No. No. Hmm. Maybe he's a long-lost child. Ah, I don't think he talks like a Kennedy. He also doesn't. Kennedys also all have perfect faces, except for uh, that one that got shot in the hallway. He had a jacked-up face. Okay. Can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Either way. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Dead Kennedys aside, great band, though. Uh, Funk would hit a great big clothesline from the top rope to the outside. You know, you fall a little awkward, but, uh, you know, this would lead to some distraction and China clubbing Funk from behind. Yeah, and the Funkettes did not show up tonight, kayfabe-wise, due to uh, China being ringside. So well, I don't know if yeah. they're just not there, but they did give a storyline reason covering that uh, flaw in logic. They gave a storyline reason to Vince losing faith in Flash Funk. Tyler, that happened the day <laughs> that he <ago>. debuted. <laughs> All right, so the main story of this whole show is established during this match. Um, the Hart Foundation, they bought five front row seats from a scalper. Yes. But they're not there yet, and they won't be there for a while. But you know what? They're in the building. They probably just could have gotten comp tickets. Why did they have to buy scalper tickets? They're in the fucking locker room right now. Yeah. Why couldn't they just show up on the stage and watch the match rather than buy scalper tickets? And plus you're saying, oh, wow, those WF shows, only way you can get them is if you're a scalper. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Good well, on you. Good on you, Vince. <laughs> Good on you. Yeah. Don't worry about buying tickets to our shows. You can just buy front row tickets outside the venue through scalpers every time. Don't That's worry. like. Nowadays, if they did that for Raw, be like, "Yeah, Robert Gronkowski, he uh, he bought a ticket for himself off StubHub. He paid about a thousand dollars for this front row seat. <laughs> yeah, or you fans paid about two hundred. Another difference that they do now too is like, if you're going to show up and you're going to be in that, except for NXT, if you're going to have a spot in ringside, motherfucker, you got to sit ringside the whole goddamn show." <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, you're sitting at WrestleMania until it's time for you to do your thing. You got to stay there. Oh, they never do that though. They always, they always have a seat filler. Eh, maybe, yeah, whatever. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. 
I feel you, th- you I, think Raven see, sat outside to watch Dynamite for the entire show. I didn't say AEW. <laughs> I said WWE. I'm, like I'm thinking about like Mrs. Dad, right? Yeah, well, Mrs. Dad probably won't watch the show. <laughs> We're talking about like Adam Cole or Keith Lee or something like that. Oh, when they- I, like I said, I said disregard NXT, right? I'm just talking about like Rob Gronkowski at WrestleMania. Now <laughs> he's getting gronked ringside. <laughs> <laughs> I use that word to describe him getting drunk ringside. Just getting gronked. <laughs> what are you doing, like, getting gronked with the boys? How about you? Oh. Are you drinking swamp water or what? <laughs> but uh, okay, we might as well get to the end of this match here. Uh, Flash Funky goes up, up to the top. Hunter then slew-foots him and delivers this fantastic super belly to back suplex. I'm assuming that's what it was. That's what I call What did you it think about Triple H diving off the top rope and literally getting hit with eat defeat? I'm not going to lie. You don't you didn't see that? I didn't see that. That was fucking wild. They even showed I a replay of it. that. What's that? They even showed a replay. I don't know what I was maybe I was focusing on China and and whether trying to find whether she's wearing boxes or briefs like JR and uh, Jim and uh, King was saying. That Amazon. <laughs> they then start mentioning that Triple H and Kathy Lee are neighbors. And how China might have gotten fucked by Donald Trump. So yeah, I mean, nah, nah, that's not that's not Trump's kind of girl. No, Trump likes those plastic Russian brides. Tr- Trump likes those young ladies. Yeah, because Ivanka Trump is so young. Well, I mean, you gotta keep up face. You marry. The I old guess bot. she's probably young compared to Trump, but yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. All things aside, Eat Defeat was pretty. I, I would imagine that was probably pretty good. It was pretty and cool. I'm sad that I missed it, but hey, it was right before he uh, went up for the twisting leg press and that uh, Terry Funk moonsault. Mm. You know, mm. but and well, very close to the finish. And then uh, the finish is Hunter hitting a pedigree and he wins. Post match, oh, yeah. China within. Uh, Funk took it on his knees. He took it like Kane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was like, dude. You're going to get buried. His dick's too big to take a pedigree like that, man. It's going to hurt him. Get fractured. Yeah, fracture his dick bone, bro. My <laughs> funk bone. Can't break my funk bone. The knee bone's connected to the dick bone. <laughs> dick bone's directly connected to the crack bone. I like my crack cocaine. Because, <laughs> I mean, him and Hugo probably did some crack cocaine together. <laughs> Just shaking his head. Like, Don't say those words a bit too cold. He only does crack by himself. <laughs> Doesn't share. No share. Uh, Jim Ross would show us some footage of Shamrock in the UFC. I don't remember seeing this UFC footage, and I guess only because it was on pay-per-view, I suppose. But I don't remember seeing UFC footage of Ken Shamrock in the WWF. I don't think so. Not yet. No. And then they uh, they also uh, mentioned how Shamrock was attacked by Vader during the free-for-all. And uh, Shamrock then cuts a promo, basically just saying, I'm in my zone. And then that's it. Hey, man, he says it's knuckle up time. <laughs> you know, like, what what, what can you hate about a Ken Shamrock ta- uh, promo where he talks about knuckle up time, being in zones, talking about snapping? <laughs> He's an easily relatable character. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being labeled as the world's most dangerous man is so, totally relatable. I've been called that many times. Many times. Oh, god damn. But Travis, it's this 
This is this doesn't happen very often, but it's a little early sometimes. But hey, this show is a little back heavy when it comes to the audio. So sometimes commentators just make you want to hang, shake, or back. You call the show fat. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but sometimes you just laugh. By God, Travis, this is the art of commentary. What the fuck? I called the show fat, but my fingers, they're, they're what's actually fat. What the fuck? What the fuck is right? You're right, it's Mother's Day, and here I am sitting next to the kind of guy my mother warned me not to associate with. Last fuck, he's got uh, a lot to gain here in this because he's got six mouths at home to feed. Six, six little flashes running around. Take a look at her. Let I me mean, I mean, ask you a question about her. What do you think? Briefs or boxers? Lord, I don't have any idea about that. China, this uh, this huge, this, she's got such a tremendous muscular development. Nice chin, too. Jay Leno, eat your heart out. Ahmed Johnson, a former gang member. What? People in Richmond have two colored necks. Light red and dark red. <laughs> uh, looks like he's trying to reach when they step over into the cross face. Well, one of those Ken Shamrock looking things. Called an STF. What? STF King. You know, if you move out of Memphis every now and then, you learn some of these holes. Oh, is that right? That's it. <laughs> JR laying down the truth bomb through Memphis wrestling. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Holy stuff. fuck. It's beautiful stuff. If yeah, you, you don't really see Bill Dundee pull off STFs or anything like <laughs> no, that. Not too often. It's very rare when he does. Very, very rare. But up next, Travis, Mankind taking on Rocky Maivia. Originally, Sid versus Mankind. Yes, but Sid has his lower lumbar strain. So, you know, he's out for the count, bros. Oh, Maybe they should do an MRI on Mankind. You know, there's a good uh, possibility that they would find lots of problems. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Lots you know, of maybe uh, maybe a lower lumbar strain. Maybe maybe a bum hip, maybe a bum knee, maybe two bum knees. You know, maybe they might find too that his brain heart, damage. Yeah, maybe they might find too that his heart is six times bigger than his brain. So, yeah, so it's exact opposite of that. He has an enlarged heart. Get him out of the ring right now. I didn't mean it that way. I just oh. really stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> fair. That's. <laughs> I've been. I've realized that this whole show, I've talked into my mic, not at the mic, and a little bit to the left. So it's going to sound better now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hey, the Toddster is with Rocky. That's not Todd Fudge. No, He's in no, the basement. no. The Toddster. Oh, Todd Fudge doesn't get a cool nickname like that. No, no, no. Fuck nah. no. Jesus Christ. He just gets fish heads. He just gets fish heads in dark, dark rooms. But yes, the Toddster. If you are unaware. Because it's been a fucking long time since we've even talked about him. Uh, Todd Pettingale. Yeah, it's been a long time since Toddy P has shown his way on the show. He is with Rocky Maivia, and I'm assuming he will be gone after the show because the motherfucker calls Thursday, Raw Thursday, Raw Thursday, Raw Thursday. (laughs) I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. How can you fuck that up? You know, goddamn. But, uh, no, The Rocky says that maybe success came too early for him. But uh, he's learned a lot from his experiences. 
What a promo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, it seems, though, as if he is no longer the plucky baby face, though. So that's... He's, he he developed a little bit of heelish tendencies. Yeah, well, yeah, he's like very show. stoic coming down to the ring during his entrance, and there seems to be a little bit of a change. So, you know, it... it yeah. Well, when people are chanting, die, Rocky, die at you, and you're supposed <laughs> to be a lovable baby face, I think he's a little jaded right now. Yeah, you kind of find, kind of feel a little bit uh, less for the fans, I'm sure, when they're saying that to you. All right. Um, JR promotes Mankind in the WWF magazine this month. Mm. He's a loving father, Tyler. Oh. Kate Nipples. says... <laughs> Nipple. <laughs> Clown. <laughs> Heavy so, issues. Whew. <laughs> Concussions my dad can't help me with. <laughs> Did you hear about that? What? Noel Foley has had like like damn near post concussion syndrome. From what? I don't know. I guess she just fell on her fucking head. Fair enough. Well the... she went to Twitter asking people about concussion advice. That's like Oh yeah, that's where you want to go. Go to your dad. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> what's he going to say? Just, just go to the next town, honey. Just go to the next town. You got to make that money. Yeah, yeah. You got to make if that. If you want to go stay in a hotel, you better stay in an inn. Yeah. <laughs> and if one of the lights are burnt out, you know you're going to get a deal. Keep taking your photos for what it's worth. Just keep taking the photos. Never gain a pound. <laughs> Pose nude. You'll be rich for the rest of your life. Sorry, that was like some self-talk right there. <laughs> that wasn't Mick. That was Travis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anyways, when he says that he's a loving father, Lawler responds with, loving father of what? <laughs> and then JR asks Jerry if he wants to talk about his kids. Oh, I, yes, I noticed that. Yeah. And he dodges yeah. that question like a fucking hot, hot stone. It's fucking oh, fantastic. Buddy, your, your fucking son's going to be on TV here in mere months. Mere months, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't take long. Really going to be would. fucking making out with his biceps and shit like that on live TV. I guess, you know what? I realize why he didn't want to own, like, own up to him being his son. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Uh, the, uh, the match is essentially Mankind overtaking Rocky uh, just whenever he gets because of just little rookie mistakes. Uh, Rock would eventually start learning from, from his experiences early in the match. But, uh, once mankind comes to his side, becomes relentless and, uh, he just goes, you know, full on, he'll almost attack a uh, mankind outside. So, you know, there's that rock would then go on top for a cross body mankind would then roll him through with a mandible claw and he would win. Great finish. This is the second cool mandible claw finish that we've seen lately, isn't it? But not both of them from Mankind. I feel like Britt Baker did a cool one on AEW recently where somebody dove off and landed in the claw. Or who did it? Somebody did it. Who the fuck did that? They were diving off. Ming. Yes. Ming and Benoit. The <laughs> death match. Why did I think Britt Baker? Why did I immediately go there? Because Ming doesn't do a manable no, claw. That's true. That's true. He has a death grip. That's true. They probably, Travis, <laughs> in my notes, in my notes, lots of like Ming Benoit finish from Slamboree. <laughs> it's like, I should have read further my notes like a fucking dummy. 
Oh, Tyler. Oh, Tyler. Okay. Why by the way, the rock... by the way, first, first, first. I just got to say, we get a rare playing of Mankind's winning theme. Hasn't happened very often, eh? No. It'll happen a lot more soon. Good. Yeah. I fucking love it. Do you think that The Rock should have continued doing the shoulder breaker after 98? I think it would have been a nice variation of his moves. I really like that But he that probably couldn't breaker. have get he probably couldn't have gotten people up for it, I it's guess. It's probably a, yeah, it's one of those where if you can't get everybody up what you're doing it for, really. Yeah. Cuz what you're going to do if you're going to be, you know, great move though. Oh, I love it. I think more people should do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's safe. Uh, yeah, I, I I see it being. It doesn't look like it's it was safer than a pile driver or oh, yeah. fucking well, poison less margin of error for sure. Destroyers, I'd say it's safer than a destroyer. <laughs> it's definitely safer than a destroyer. It was like in 1997. Nobody knows what a destroyer is, but no, like I'm right just now, giving though, you moves yeah. that you could break up the uh, the mundane yeah. continuation of everything. Well, and then so you know, like. Uh, Taiji Shimori kind of does like a cooler version of it where he turns it into a lung blower. You know what I mean? Like he has him up for like a tombstone and then jumps and lung blows him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like that's kind of like the evolution of that move. Uh, but yeah, no. no it, it, certain guys like even like if, if a guy like Baron Corbin did it. You know what I mean? Like sure. a tall opposing guy, you know? That's like Brock Lesnar should bring back like the moves that he did like that. Like when he would lift Triple up power bomb and fucking break him on his knee and yep. shit like that. Like. Brock Lesnar should not have to rely on all these suplexes. He did a lot of cool shit back in yeah. 02 and 03 that he just got rid of. Yeah, that didn't affect him or, you know, it was like, yeah, he got rid of shooting star press, but he should never have done that to begin with. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> the rest of the stuff was just regular shit. You all get people you're going to do it on. You're going to do it on Kurt Angle, huh? <laughs> and he's got a broken neck. Like, yeah. literally, he is dust and bones in that match. <laughs> and then Brock Lesnar then almost reduced himself to dust and bones, too. So, you know, it could have went a lot worse than it did, but thankfully it didn't. Again, another episode you can find on the Federation Podcast. Wow, so many 03 callbacks on this show. There is. There is. There is. Yeah, because we're, we're promo- promotional geniuses, bro. Promotional geniuses. Yeah. Anyways, up next is a three-on-one gauntlet match. This match would be... Hmm. Awful. Yeah. Terrible. Dog shit. And also, I want to mention, remember when we first started the nation and you kept on talking how horrible PG-13 was at rapping? It starts now. This is what you're thinking of. Because this, you could tell they've just given up. They've given up. They're off key. They don't actually have that attitude nope. anymore and it's a shame yeah because they were great i'm done with them now yeah if this is all we're getting is like get them off tv i'm done well i do know who writes them off tv it's yeah. the lod so okay that's coming pretty soon the lod starting to rise back up now so yeah yeah okay yeah well Todd Tyler, Hedding, what? Yes. yes the toddster's back he's back not yeah <laughs> You're yeah. going down. Yep. Ahmed Johnson, you know, he uh he does, you know my favorite reoccurring promo. He I really actually didn't understand anything no, he said this time. No, like he did a great job replacing the quiet loud promos of Sid and just doing perpetually loud and mispronounced. And just it was horrible. I had no like I recorded this at first. Right? And I was like, 
This makes no fucking sense. Like this, this makes zero sense. And part of me feels like I, I should almost just throw it in so like people could hear it because I do have it here. I just didn't put it in there because just I throw didn't. a bit in. You don't yeah, have to like, throw it all in. Like how long is it in total? It's, it's thirty nine seconds yeah. in total. So let's start like from. Then in the WWF brief, Luke, you're any kind of man. You step in the ring first. See, this is all about this is about me and you. This ain't about the other two goons you brought. But I tell you what, till you bring them to the party, they might as well dance. Cause I tell you what, after tonight, me or you all, somebody's going to the end. <laughs> it really fell off the rails yeah. in the last half. Like it starts it off and like, yeah, no, I get, Johnson. I get what he's saying. He flubs up one word and, and then, then it just <laughs> loses all track. Just projectile vomits. It's words. like he's he's like putting the puzzle pieces together and he's like, oh, I got one more left. And it's like, shit, it doesn't make sense. And he's like, tear the puzzle apart, tear it apart. Fuck the cue cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Ahmed Johnson, buddy, you're 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 beautiful. You're a beautiful man, beautiful man. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, basically, if if Ahmed wins this match, the Nation of Domination would have to break up. And after watching the the entrance, I was like, please, please win, please win. It's the only time you're ever for Ahmed Johnson winning a match. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So the first person is Crush, who's apparently suffering flu-like symptoms. And he's in this match. Quarantine, quarantine, buddy. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Send his ass back to jail to self-isolate. Yeah, uh, the two, though, they go back and forth. This is literally absolute the fuck sloppiest all. of the sloppy. Garbage. Yeah. Crush wants his buddies to come to his aid, but no one is moving. Crush then attempts a heart punch, but Ahmed reverses it into a spinning heel kick, and he then gets the victory. King says that Ahmed has an IQ of two and three to grunt. <laughs> Piper liked that one too. Yeah. Savio's up next in the gauntlet, and he's trying to pretend like he has a sprained ankle. He sprained his ankle in Scranton, Pennsylvania, carrying paper out. Paper out. <laughs> Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. <laughs> fucking tripped over fucking Stanley's uh, chili pot. <laughs> it's Kevin's. Kevin's chili pot. Yeah. Yeah. No, he just he tripped over Stanley's glowing personality. That's what he did. Did I stutter? <laughs> He's like, is that Ahmed's father? Oh! <laughs> wow. Triple H, JFK, Ahmed Johnson, Stanley from Office? Yeah. Yeah. What if Daryl from The Office is Ahmed's brother? He's Big D. Holy shit. But uh, no, Savio, though, he would eventually attack Ahmed with a chair in frustration. He would get DQ'd in the process. So this leaves Farouk coming down with his shoulder in a sling. Everybody's got a gimmick for this match. Everybody has something wrong. Uh, this turns out that he's I been healed Farouk all along. I think actually has a bad shoulder, though. Well, yes, but it turns out he's been healed all along. He's okay now, blah, blah, blah. Really, that's what the whole gimmick that is. rap bastard. Yeah. He would slap Ahmed around for a while. Johnson would then fire back with a Pearl River plunge that Farouk would kick right out of. He then chop blocks Johnson, hits the Dominator, picks up the victory. Yep. 
So the Nation of Domination will stay around. We will see more PG-13, and we'll see just how bad this rap gimmick gets. Maybe the next episode will uh, compare side by side just how bad it gets. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Just something that was in the early 97s, perhaps, or something like that. Yeah, like um, probably like WrestleMania is probably the best. Oh, yeah, the Royal, Royal Rumble, Rumble is yeah. good, too. Yeah, so that's that match. Thank God that's over. Toddy P is back again, but this time, this time, let's see what the man Vader has to say. I want to know what was going through your mind during this attack. I was playing with the boy. I was playing with the boy's mind. ABC says that'll he's the get most you dangerous in man in the world. <laughs> they said nothing about the World Wrestling Federation. The only way to win this match, submission or knockout. What is your strategy as you face, as you said, the world's most dangerous man? Ken Shamrock. He knows nothing about pain. He knows nothing about the power of Vader. And he certainly knows nothing about Vader's pain game. Because it's time. Oh, yeah, it's time. It's Vader time. Pain game. What's the pain game? Get back to you I guys at ringside. It's the Travis. The pain game. Maybe, maybe he puts his mask on. Maybe puts his mask on you. I heard that Vader never changes or never washes cleans his, his outfit. Yeah. So maybe the pain game is like I don't know. You're hung upside down in Vader's gear, and he pours water in your crotch, and therefore. It spreads throughout your body, sending the sweatiness from Vader's trunks into your face. And all while he's doing that, and then he, he puts, tightens his mask more and more and more and more. And then he puts his elephant, like, m- like mask thing oh, from WCW down. And it fills up with water. And, and then the steam shoots you. out. And then it makes everything more, more like, clammier. So then all the sweat really drains out of the Vader time outfit. And then you're just... You're in a world of pain game, you know? I think I'm going to be sick. God, what <laughs> bad, bad audio that was. <laughs> but you know what wasn't bad? This match. This no-holds-barred match. Oh, between... you mean all those sissy kicks the Shamrock threw, eh? What? The sissy kicks? The sissy kicks. Well, King was calling all of Shamrock's oh. shin kicks sissy oh. kicks. Oh. oh, I didn't catch that. But no, Ken Shamrock taking on Vader in a no-holds-barred match. This match was phenomenal. It was like a shoot style fucking like pancrase type deal. Vader beat the shit out of him a couple times. Vader even pulled out a Canada roll. Okay. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I, I'm just not too sure him. what you're talking. I just rolled around with him. I'd be, I'd give you okay. more in depth on it, but I watched this show. See, I a thought week that this was ago. like the O'Connor roll, and you were just like the Canada roll. But I'm like, there was no pinfalls. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no. he I just thought, grabs them and rolls around like a gator. I thought that this was the best match that Kent could have for his debut easily. Yeah. Having someone extraordinarily bigger than him, you know, just actually selling for Ken all the waistlock takedowns, the yeah. orthodox German suplexes, all of this great stuff. There's like one point where Vader is laying in some soup bones onto Ken, <laughs> and he goes for a hip toss. But during the hip toss, Ken reverses the hip toss to hook Vader's leg and attempt an ankle lock. It's like, this is 97. You don't see this kind of shit. No. Not in WWE. No. 
No. And you would see Ken, too, throwing a couple stiff shots. Then you'd see a few more receipts by Vader. And then there comes the Feast of Resistance, really, where, like, Shamrock gives him some Are you saying punches. the Feast de la Resistance? What's it supposed to be? I think it's the Peace de la, the Peace de la Resistance or something like you that. You say tomato, I say tomato. Fuck it. All right, well, get, get the saying <laughs> right if you're going to say it. I don't know. I have no idea, honestly. It's like uh, saying all is fair in love and warmth. Well, that just that just sounds stupid, Travis. Love and warmth. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But no, uh, like Shamrock would give him some uh, some stiff punches, and Vader would just fucking take his head off. I thought I thought for sure Shamrock was just knocked out. Yeah, this was after Vader hit or went for a Vader salt and ate nothing but Matt, and Ken ended up damn near deadlifting Vader for a power slam. And after that, you know, as Tyler said, Ken hit some pretty damn good shots to Vader with his forearms in the corner. And I don't even know. That was a world breaker of a soup bone. That was like a fucking bison leg kicking you right in the jaw. (laughs) It was pretty hard. It was pretty fucking hard. Now, Travis, peace de resistance is the proper saying. I just want to say, I typed in Feast Day, and you know what came out after it? Resistance. And then it just brings me right to Peace Day Resistance. It's like, oh, okay. So it's an un- it it's seems a very like it's a common, common misconception. Yeah. yeah, seems like it. Maybe maybe like that warmth one you talked about, but I've never heard that one before. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, you know, all is fair in love and warmth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was trying to put two of them together, but I can't. It's really hard to put Feast of Resistance and All's Good and Love and Warmth together. But, hey, you know, whatever. Shamrock, though, he would beat Vader via ankle lock. Yeah. So yeah. that would happen. And no, Vader match, needs help leaving. Yes. yes he throws he the stairs over in the process yeah. and everything like that. He needs help leaving, but he can lift up those stairs under his own weight, though. No problem. Gotta love it. But no, this match was fantastic. I thought it was absolutely gold for, for this first show. wrestling match since probably like 1989, 1990. Yeah. 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 No, that's 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 very true. That's very true. Yeah, because yeah, because he started as a started wrestler. as a wrestler. Yeah. And then went to the No Holds Barred. Found out that I'm really good at knocking people out. I'm actually really tough. <laughs> Fuck, I keep on knocking people out in this fake sport. <laughs> Might as well try this real one. That, that the couple Too many goddamn bullies in uh, <laughs> wrestling. This Bill Watts guy. Jesus Christ. Hurts my feelings. Makes me want to snap. <laughs> oh. So, Todd is back again. Like He's working overtime tonight. And he is here with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And so we might as well give this one a listen as well. We mazel, you know, because we're already at the main event of this episode. And obviously it's we're, we're barreling through this episode. And you know why? Because there's nothing to fucking talk about for this Because there's no fucking Owen Hart or Bret Hart yeah. match on this show. Until like 15 minutes into this match. Away and JR alluding to those five seats. The Hart Foundation will be no, in. I don't give a damn about five empty seats. 
because all that means should. is that the Hart family is going to be that much closer to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And after I whip the Undertaker's ass, I'll take all five of them and send all five of them straight back to Calgary in a bunch of wheelchairs. I don't know if the Undertaker's checked the weather lately, but I'll be damned if hell ain't about to freeze over, and that's the bottom line. There you go. That, uh, that is the bottom line. They should have called this pay-per-view Fire and Ice. <laughs> I mean... I mean, have, you, have Stone Cold dress up like Sub Zero. Oh fuck you! Like I knew I heard that somewhere before. I was like, "Why is that familiar?" And it's because I blocked it in my fucking mind. Or, or it could just be Scott Norton, Ice Train. Scott Norton's in the corner of Taker. Ice Train's in the corner. It's only funny to me. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> it's only funny to me, sis. <laughs> Coming down the aisle by his manager, Ice Train. Down, da, da, down, down, <laughs> down. Hey, Mitchell, I know you're listening. Can you do a mashup of Iceberg's theme and Steve Austin's theme, Goddamn please? Goddamn name is Ice Train. He's not lettuce, he's a train. Well, listen, okay. Listen, in ROH, we covered a guy named Iceberg. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. No, he didn't. Yeah, we did. Iceberg. The great big fat guy. His name was Iceberg. In ROH? Yes. You don't remember the big fat guy in ROH? I remember Cheeks from TNA. Oh, no. There was a big fat guy in ROH called Iceberg. He kind of looked like Vic Grimes. Oh. Anyways. Okay. Anyways, that's, I'm, just, I'm just shooting shit in my ass now though because I, I did say Ice Train wrong. So, Trip Mitchell, make us a, a mashup of Ice Train's theme and Stone Cold's theme. I need to hear this now. Thank you. Bye. Anyways, that wasn't even post editing or anything. That was literally with me here. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, no, time for the WWE World Heavyweight Title match: The Undertaker taking on Steve Austin. Oh yeah, big match feel here. Oh yeah, <laughs> big main event over if here. You can't see here the sarcasm. If voice. you go down in the history books and you want to be like, oh, what was Stone Cold's first ever world title match? You'd be like, oh, I bet he had one with Brett or Sean. Yeah. Nah, it's with The Undertaker during his uh, honorary, hey, you've been a good sport, right? Yeah, yeah. During his uh, full-on typo negative phase. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, if you ever come across that thought that I wonder what his first world title match was, just leave it there. Tuck it away and just wonder. Never don't think don't about figure it, it out. Just just no. wonder. Never think. It's about like it again. wondering what would it be like with Taker and a Tiger in the same vicinity together. <laughs> and then you get it on Twitter today, and you're like, "Wow, too much Jesus for me, man. <laughs> too much Jesus for me. <laughs> Jesus wants you to save the tigers. My friend Jesus made this tiger obedient, and now." He's swimming. Well, my friend Jesus my wants you to stop the pandemic, but I mean, we all don't get what we want. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. some people praying for this t- pandemic to stop, but I'm praying that the tigers stop getting poached. How about you, wife? I can't remember her name. I just like Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's it. I've never watched the video because I was like, I'm not listening to what this fucking old fuck has to say. I don't care. It's like, 
there's so many people thinking one thing and then you get Taker releasing a video of him with a tiger in a pool. It's like it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger smoking a cigar in his pool. It's like fuck off, man. It's like just leave it alone. Get out of here. Nobody needs you celebrities anyways. This past two weeks has proved that anyways. You're not needed at all. So get the fuck out of here. Anyways, this match. It's garbage. It's basically all rest holds. The Hart Foundation show up. They show up, yeah. And and they sit ring. So it's basically the only interesting thing about the match is when they start no. getting involved. The most interesting part of this match is Taker locking in a half crab. Oh, it is the worst. The worst half crab I have ever seen. People <laughs> hurts a lot. <coughs> I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to do Buddy. that. Hey, uh, Austin locked in an STF. And Lawler had no problem with it this time. No, he, he figured it out. He figured it out. And then, uh, you know, I was worried. Probably didn't think that STF was even going to get applied to Taker. I was like, oh, Taker's too fucking stupid. You know, you, you see Austin have the STF in his move list for video games, and you're like, Austin's <laughs> never done an STF before. This is the only thing that's ever been documented from this match. I'm sure people that, Austin's like, STF. get traded off the video game license, they're like, why do they have Austin do the SDF? And then the one guy left from the old company's like, guys, I'm sorry, but every time you ask this question, they told me to show you this videotape. I, <laughs> I don't know, but it's been told to turn fans from wrestling Vince altogether. Says Austin must STF. So, uh, yeah, guys, sorry. He also says that Triple H can't be hurt in trailers, so. You can't make Triple H's nose the scale size, so yeah. you got to mash his face up and make him look like... Uh, Brad Pitt. Let's say Luna Vachon. You know, like, <laughs> it mixed between Brad Pitt and Luna Vachon. Maybe like Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Christ. Jeffrey Dahmer. But yeah, no, no I don't, I, I don't have much to say about this match other than the end. Oh, me neither. Uh, Owen and Bulldog took a lot of shit for Austin and Taker. Um, you know, Austin got his leg worked over quite a bit. Taker got his legs worked over quite a bit. Everybody's working the leg. Austin reversed an old school by sweeping Taker's legs off the top yeah. rope, which was kind of all right. Yeah, Taker works Austin's leg even though he has no moves that's dependent on the leg. What's okay? So the I guess the, the turnaround in this match is when Austin low blows Taker and then Taker low blows him back. <laughs> yeah. And Austin kind of plays the boy who cried wolf to Earl, who gives him two middle fingers. Behind the back. Yeah. Yeah. But at that point, Austin hits the stunner, goes for the pin, but his arch nemesis Brian Pillman starts ringing the ring bell. <laughs> yeah. And why is it that nobody but the timekeeper can ring that bell right? It's 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 a timing that is it takes years to perfect. It's all in the wrist. You know what I mean? It's not taking your full hand and crashing down. It's about flicking the wrist. Same way you treat the puss. Oh, is this the same the way that Stu Hart will flick his paintbrush at Brett? Oh yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it's the same way as Stu Hart flicked his paintbrush to make the cum stains on his shirt the way they were. And then pass this down. Dad, to, how'd you do that? Well, son, I just imagine myself just ring the bell. Just ring the bell. You ring, ring the, the bell, bell just like if the, the pink that you paints. <laughs> 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 
Holy fuck. Uh, we're having fun. <laughs> we're having fun. Yeah, no, so so basically, you, you take us through the rest of this match. You do it. Yeah, so uh, Pillman rings the bell, and back in the ring, Taker's going for a tombstone at this point. After Austin had the match won, because keep in mind, when he hit that stunner, Taker was out. So Austin counters the tombstone with a tombstone. Taker counters that tombstone with a tombstone <laughs> for the win. Thank you. I wouldn't have been able to do that. Justice. That's okay. I think I, I, I think I, I think I, I got that one established pretty well there. I think it was three <laughs> tombstone counters with a tombstone. Yeah. Hey, you know whatever it was, I wouldn't have been able to do it justice. So whatever. Post match. Heart Foundation would lay a fucking beating on Taker, leaving Austin alone with Hitman, who's defenseless. Austin just tips him over, grabs a crutch, and then starts fucking cleaning the house. Along with, uh, I think HPK shows up too, doesn't he? Or does he? No. Nope. No. Taker choke slams Owen, and that would be the last member of the Heart Foundation in the ring at that point after Brett was tipped over. Um, Taker and Austin kind of, you know kind of seem like they're on good terms but yeah. then austin gives taker a stunner for good measures austin goes after the hearts taker gets up from the tombstone or from the stunner and goes after austin and the show's over yeah what an overbooked ending of damn like probably the worst in your house we reviewed yet yeah it's 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 up there it's up there for sure um i remember not being too big of a fan of international incident International incident. Um, Beware of dog is not very good. It's time was pretty bad. Yeah, but this one. This Beware of dog sure. had a lot around it where you could kind of at least just kind of go on with the whole story of. Yeah. That the was week. that was what Bulldog and Michaels, right? With the power outage, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess. Yeah, no. I would say this is probably the worst one, though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's also a dark match after the show. <laughs> uh, Legion of Doom taking on Owen Hart and British Bulldog for the WF World Tag Team titles. Uh, LED would win by DQ. Yeah. Send the crowd home happy, right? Yeah, DQ win. <laughs> Woo. Oh, what a rush. Yeah. So, Travis, our next episode, we are diving back into ECW for a uh, brief uh, period, uh, upon, you know, leading up to November to Remember, um, Hardcore Heaven, all that great jazz so i will be doing ecw wrestlepalooza 97 do you have the card yes and the only reason why we're doing wrestlepalooza 97 is because it's the first show for ecw that me or tyler ever watched yeah that and we want to do the ecws leading up to yeah i'm just saying this isn't an important seminal show no there is two important things on there but that's it but anyways the card goes as followed uh ecw world heavy or world television title match starts the show a lot of people do double duty tonight. Uh, Shane Douglas takes on Chris Chete. Chete. Next up, we got the Pitbulls taking on the FBI. That would be Little Guido and Tracy Smothers with Tommy Rich ringside. Next up, Balls Mahoney and the Sandman take on the Dudley Boys. And then <laughs> midway through the entire show for the ECW World Heavyweight title, Terry <laughs> Funk takes on Chris Candido. And then, still, middle of the show, in a loser-leaves-town match with actual consequences because the guy actually leaves, Tommy Dreamer takes on Raven. wonder who wins. And Tyler, Raven, is accompanied by two people that I've never heard of before, Chastity and Lupus. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I the don't chastity. Know. Her name has been Madame Chastity or Brittany Bottoms. Um, her nickname was the Bitch Goddess. Oh yeah, and Lots she of creativity there. She was active from 1996 to 2000. Yeah, big now, career. Lupus, also known as Psychotron. Tyler, I immediately knew what the reference was when I figured out his yeah, name disease, used to be right? Lupus. Yeah, but Psychotron. I don't care about the disease, oh. Lupus. Psychotron. See if you can get it here. So, Lupus or Psychotron's signature moves were the Headbangers Balls or Megadeth. So, he's he's basically the Headbanger. Psychotron's a Megadeth song. So. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Uh, anyways, you, see, you would have had to. That's the only way I would have gotten that. Yeah, I'm me. sorry. I feel like John Pollock over here. Ah, <sighs> <sighs> uh, okay. Did not get you know no what? references. You're, you're right, though. You're right. That was a fucking obscure one. No, but I mean, I, I feel like John Pollock and not getting references. Oh, yeah. oh, fuck! You're better off than Brian and Dave, dude. Yeah, Holy oh, fuck. fuck, Dave Meltzer. Oh, he's yes, he's doing. Oh yeah, he's doing what was what is it? He's claiming that Ortiz is. He's like, oh, he's doing the character from fucking from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome Back, Cotter. And like, Brian didn't off. get it. It's like, dude, the show's thirty years old. It's more than thirty years old. But then he wants to like give Brian shit for not watching Peanut Butter Falcon. It's like, oh no, I'm sorry that I didn't watch a movie with like Shia LaBeouf in it in 2020. Oh fuck, I'm so sorry. Is that that is, is really is that new? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, you can edit this out, but I have to say right now that Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez argument on the Observer Radio about WrestleMania there, the last one. Yeah. I think it turned me away. I really? think it turned me away from Wrestling Observer Radio for a long time. That's fair. I'm, I'm tired of Dave being so fucking crazy. Okay, next match. <laughs> Sabu takes on Taz once again. <laughs> All right, and then for the ECW television title, we get Shane Douglas taking on Taz. This is three people in total right now that are doing double duty. Because both of them, yeah, both of them have had matches earlier tonight, right? Both of them, and now we'll get our next one. Because for the ECW Tag Team titles in the main event, we got the Eliminators taking on the Dudley Boys. Mm-mm-mm. So this card, all over the place. Yeah, But the show, it's a good show. We'll see. We'll yeah. see what it's like now. Well, yeah, I, I suppose I haven't seen it. Fucking the years. WF angle is great, and the Raven Tommy Dreamer match That's feels good. special. Yeah, and the the main event's great as well. Yeah, yeah. What uh, I remember of it, I remember more about the RBD angle and the Raven angle, because yeah. going into it, I knew who Raven was, and, I was like, and oh, you right. knew that oh wow he he's in WCW like yeah. right around this time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, within months, like the next WCW show we do, I believe he's there. The show isn't seminal. Or next but couple ones we do. Yeah, the show isn't seminal in a way that it's historical, but there's a lot going on. Like a lot of changes happen on this show. Oh yeah, and I just want to watch more ECW. Really, me I, too. I, I want to break it up. I'm getting sick of WCW. Beats watching a Nitro for a show. Oh yeah, like I don't know if we'll watch many Nitros going forward. Honestly. Just see if there's another historical one. Yeah, that if only if there's an historical. I'd rather watch anything other than a Nitro. The Raws, I don't mind watching. I like the Raws. The Nitro's going to eat a fucking dick. You saw that 145-minute Nitro, and you're like, yep, this is it. Yeah. Quota's met. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, yeah, exactly. I'm done for the rest of my life. But 
We might as well close the show. Keep on rockward. Keep on rockward in the awkward. Keep on walking forward in the awkward zone. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do. Mush goddamn hands. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.